There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Back when I was in preschool, one of the ways you could climb the social hierarchy, if you could call it that, was by being fast. Now, I remember the kid on the playground that was the fastest back when I was in preschool, and his name was Mac, and he was the Flash. Obviously, being in preschool, we all played tag every day on the playground, and nobody could ever catch up to Mac. I think it goes without saying that if there was one group of people who would have been able to catch Mac back in those days, it would probably be professional chase tag athletes. Speaking of, with me today is a well-decorated parkour and chase tag athlete to tell us about how the pros play our favorite childhood sport. My name is Tommy Butler, and you're listening to The Ocho. Hello, everybody. I'm here with Fernando Arce, team captain of Olo during the inaugural season of World Chase Tag USA, among other titles that we will talk about. Thank you so much for joining me. Hey, everyone. Yeah, thanks for having me, Tommy. Good to be here. Virtually. So, <laughs> <laughs> of course, across the uh, across the nation, it's so, so cool to be in a time where we have the, this technology that we can not only see professional tag happen on on tv but talk instantly like this yeah pretty crazy so your background is of course in parkour what got you into parkour well uh i was always an athletic kid um my we uh my parents put me in sports to like you know t-ball it's really young or soccer every now and then or, or basketball or season whatnot but uh we mainly focused in uh taekwondo uh, started when I was four and a half years old, you know, uh, during that time it was, uh, Power Rangers just started out in the U S and it, I wanted to be one, you know, jumping around, <laughs> kicking and everything. So my parents were like, let's channel that energy he's doing around the house. I'm jumping up from sofas and whatnot. Let's put it into something useful. So they did time up for Taekwondo and I did that, uh, for about 20 years or so. But, um, during those times I was kind of, a uh, plateauing at a, at a third degree black belt. And, um, I was like, there's got to be something else out here. My cousin showed me a, uh, a YouTube video of this montage of uh, parkour clips, and it was way early in the early days. And I was like, oh, wow, this is pretty cool. He's like, yeah, you'd be right up there to do that stuff. I'm like, yeah, maybe. That's, that's kind of intense, you know? And then like a week or two went by, and I was like, you know, every, every now and then when I was growing up, people were like, oh, you're, you're a, a black belt. You're a ninja. Can you do a backflip? Can you, can you do this? I'm like, guys, martial arts is not about flips, it's, you know, it's self-defense and, and you know uh, strikes and movement and then later on I'm you know, like I'm just sick of the people just asking me if I can do a backflip I'm just gonna go learn and do how to do a backflip <laughs> but you know watching YouTube clips of people doing backflips and like necking themselves and not quite making they're committing and I'm just like ooh, that's very dangerous landing if you don't do it correctly and uh, I, so what happened was I uh, took a twin bed mattress and had a friend of mine, we put, put on top of my car and we both held it down with our arms, drove to a, a park with a grass field, uh, put it down. And I was just like, just on the spring bed tramp, uh, mattress. And I was just like, okay, just trying to get over my fear of not landing in my head. So I would just jump really hard all the way around and land on my hands and knees. And I'm like, okay, so I just now I can work on the landing. So after I do it a few times, it's like the trampoline, but it was you know a little bit, a little harder to land on my feet. Cool. Then I would go from the mattress, spring mattress to the ground get a solid landing all right cool and then i was like all right let's do it on the ground and i had zero technique it was all body hip just like whipping my head around i jumped up and celebrated higher than i backflipped after i did it. i was like oh <laughs> and then after i learned that backflip i was just like i need to learn more i need to go pandora's box just opened up on youtube i just need to just keep searching and i just found people's clips and i just rewound them and like played them back in slow motion and just analyzed the clips as i would do with like taekwondo or or track and field what I was doing uh, at the time as well and I was just like all right let's just do that and it just 
exploded. So yeah, with track and field, like Taekwondo track and field, it just meshed perfectly, you know, kicking and having the body awareness with your entire body. And then the speed and the agility of track and field and jumping events, long jump and triple jump, uh, really helped out with parkour and free running. I just like, ah, oh, all I did was just go into this gymnastics gyms where they had like open gym sessions, which my friend told me about. I was like, what, what are these things? Paid 10 bucks for two hours to jump around in this place. And I was like, wow, this is incredible. And from then on, my game just leveled up so much more because I had a safe environment to practice in instead of just outside and concrete and grass or whatnot. Yeah, I was going to say safety first when you first brought out the mattress. And then you said that you had it on the top of your car and you were holding it down with your hands. And I was like, okay, maybe, maybe I should hold off. <laughs> yeah. You said that you've been free running, doing parkour since high school. Yeah. Just out of high school, I learned the, I learned the backflip and started training on from then. So yeah, uh, back in 2008. Wow. Obviously there's a ton of parkour in tag, but how did you transition into playing tag as a athlete well uh there are uh, many other shows out there that are game shows specifically that deal with uh like tag situations there's a million dollar mile that was on cbs there's uh catch that's reoccurring on in germany and it's like uk show there's world chase tag and there's ultimate tag that came out uh last year as well and uh i was actually asked to be um to apply for that show via Instagram uh, through the uh, casting directors. And so I was on ultimate tag first as a competitor, as a contestant. And I believe um, you won that, the episode you were on. <laughs> I, I did indeed, yeah. <laughs> I won my episode by, well, a spoiler alert, one second. <laughs> um, but it was a cumulative time and whatnot in points. But I mean, uh, I was reached out for that because of my uh, parkour and free running background. Like they saw my Instagram page, they saw my YouTube channel with all my clips and 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 show reels on it, and they're like, "Wow, this is really impressive. We want you on our show." Now, if you'd like to be even more impressed by Fernando while listening to this podcast, you can find him on Instagram at Fernando underscore RC. That's A R C E, and see some of his clips. And you know, unfortunately, it wasn't. Uh, had the charismatic or personality that they wanted for uh, being a tagger, but I did have enough to be a competitor. Um, but yeah, there were some other athletes who were on that show as well. You know, a lot of my friends were on there. Like I knew like 85% of the athletes on there, but a few of them were also competed in, uh, in other shows. And uh, one of them competed in world chase tag before prior to, and he actually thought that ultimate tag was uh, these world chase tag company bringing it to, to America and found out that it wasn't and i was like uh oh and yeah so ultimate tag is uh took a took a took a lot of ideas from world chase tag uh, a lot but it's definitely just a, a game show that was just trying to make uh the sport relevant to americans and the the audience to make it more appealing but yeah and then uh going into world chase tag um my shoe company that i uh, am sponsored by for many years asked me they were like Hey, World Chase World Chase Tag is putting on an event in the U.S. Uh, would you like to be your be your team captain for our for our team? Like, oh my, yeah, absolutely. And it was like awesome. This is gonna be so cool because it's like I've seen World Chase Tag and it's total. It's it's very different from Ultimate Tag, whereas it's so much fast pace and go 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 go, and it's a team effort. And it it's, was so much fun to be on. Yeah, it's much more of a a competition, a sport than a uh, than game the game show. show exactly yeah you can be yeah it is much more of a sport everyone almost universally has played tag before on the oh, playground yeah. as a kid what mm -hmm. it's probably one of the most well-known games in the world like soccer is up there but with tag you don't even need equipment what no. this might be a little bit of an unfair question almost philosophical but what do you think is the draw of tag that makes it so universally popular I think it's it's getting back to the, the human nature of fight or flight, you know, not wanting to be touched, not wanting to be hunted down, um, staying in a safe spot. And then there's the other one where you have to be at your top of your game, like you have to be the fastest possible to, you know, survive. If you want to eat, you have to catch something or you got to hunt for something or you got to, you know, forest for something. You got to like be quick on it. 
um, yeah, just not being touched. Like, oh, stop touching me, stop touching me. <laughs> you know, everyone had that. Um, but yeah, it's just it's really nice to just tap into like your your animal inner animal and just turn on that flow state where you just have to react. There's no like quick plotting out. You just have to like really quick quickly think and adapt to the environment and your surroundings and your opponent. Just a quick interruption for a few words from our sponsors. From rare dead stock to the latest release, you can find the exact sneaker you're looking for on eBay. As the original sneaker marketplace, eBay is the place to go to cop the pair you've been eyeing. And with eBay's authenticity guarantee, a team of independent professional authenticators perform a rigorous inspection of the sneakers you purchase before they're sent to you, so you can shop confidently knowing your pair is the real deal. And for the sneaker sellers out there, eBay has eliminated selling fees on sneakers $100 plus, making it free to sell or flip your collection. With other sites taking as much as 25%, you're going to have a lot of extra money for more sneakers. Check out ebay.com sneakers today. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. And Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV, which is something that I didn't know you could bet on until very recently. They have real time updated odds and props on almost everything you can imagine at Bet Online. They also have you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head on over to their website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Having the two different sides of tag, you have the chaser and you have the evader. What is your preferred position? Would you call it a position or a role? Yeah, yeah, the role you're going to be in. Um, a lot of teams, you know, it was our first time being on that quad, and I've only had you know, a certain amount of time to practice on it, but I definitely feel uh, at home being a chaser. I can more adapt to, you know, just following the person rather than trying to uh, escape a route. Because again, we were on that course for a limited time only for the practice time. It was like 45 minutes per team. But some other, some contestants have been on World Chase Tag before. But again, a lot of them are, are new to the environment in the quad. Uh, but if I had more time on the quad, I probably would have just as much time fun uh, being the evader as I would the chaser. But this round, this 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 bout at it, I was definitely having more fun as the the chaser, just adapt, just hunting down the person as opposed to like. Uh, moving around the environment, adapting to like uh, being being chased down. In my mind, when I'm playing tag or when I was playing tag as a kid, as the mm -hmm. evader, your heart is going and you have even <laughs> more adrenaline than as a chaser. You can think more when you're a chaser than an evader. But again, that sort of fight, and f fight or flight response. Uh, how does it feel to do it as a professional? I mean, doing sports and hardcore for so long it's kind of uh second nature to me now at this point um but when when it's turned up to another level when it's you know the cameras are rolling and you're actually there you, you do get the sense of that heart pounding this like competition days you know and it's just and then it just for some reason it just turns off and then you're just in the moment like okay i have this one job to do this is all that matters i gotta do it awesome for those who haven't seen world chase tag themselves how does it work? Could you give me a uh, elevator pitch of what the what kind of the rules of World Chase Tag are? Sure, uh, twelve meter by twelve meter uh, area with metal scaffolding, platforms, and bars that create uh, different structures, elevated and uh, over. And you have two at two competitors for two teams. One is in the chaser. One is the evader. The evader has twenty seconds to evade the chaser if they evade. They have they score a point for their team. If the chaser tags the evader before those 20 seconds are up, the roles are switched. The chaser now becomes the evader, and they have now a chance to score a point for their team. The it is best out of 16 matches, and it's up to four points. I think if you get the four points, you win. But I mean, it's up best uh, best out of 16 matches. If uh, ends in, the match ends in a tie, all 16 matches end in a tie. It goes down to sudden death. And the qu the quickest tag wins. So it doesn't matter who is out for the chaser or the evader. Yeah, the chaser has 
the, ta the quickest tag. So say they tag them in 10 seconds. Then the team has to pick up, uh, pick a new chaser, a new evader to try and beat that 10 second mark. So if they can tag them within before 10 seconds, that team wins. But so during the regular, uh, the first 16, if you are the tagger and you get a tag, you then become the evader, correct? Correct. You have a 30 second break to get your air and the other team has to pick out a new chaser to hunt you down. I'm sure that must get exhausting if you manage to evade more than once, especially after you've already tagged. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and, and there are some athletes here who have incredible endurance, and you think, how can they last that long? Because when, <laughs> when you're moving at top speed for 20 seconds and you make the tag, and then you finally have to regain yourself 30 seconds later to go again and just evade, 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 and go... It, it, it takes a toll, but I mean, if you're cut out for the sport, you can handle it. I'm sure. The mm -hmm. uh, So each team, I believe, can have a maximum of five athletes on it, but I saw a video on, on the World Chase Tag website that said each team only has four. Is the fifth person a backup, or is that old information? That might be old information for um, the championships in the UK. Uh -huh. Here in the US, we actually had six athletes per team. And Interesting. so that, yeah, that way we can, you know, there's uh, a lot of scenarios where if people are injured, there's backups right there. Um, I know, you know, cause in our first match, uh, we had a, a, uh, one teammate who made a tag and then went to go make an evasion. And it was about three seconds out from making a point and he misstepped on the outside of the quad and then took a, a rib into the starting plate Ooh. and he just, he was out for the rest of the day and couldn't compete. Um, for us and so but he competed for us uh, on the following day he was he came back the next day and was able to compete but you know when that time comes it's like oh shoot we have two more match we, we have two more matches left or two more teams to compete against and we help we don't have our plate like our stamina guy you know we got to make up for it we got to have that extra extra manpower for it so that's where those other five athletes come in handy definitely so you mentioned that that person was your stamina guy is there a uh are there different strategies for different teams? Yeah, uh, depending on the teams, of course. I mean, uh, how, how well your athletes are rounded. Because, I mean, there's some athletes on other teams that were like Ninja Warrior-based athletes. Some of them were calisthenics-based athletes. Some of them were, um, you know, different different forms of athletes that weren't strictly just parkour. Um, and, yeah, when we had the practice time in the quad for the 45 minutes, we had practice uh, tags, matches between our ourselves and we would like spot out, we would record and we would spot out who's good at what and the pros and cons of each athlete on our team. And you know, some of our athletes were really good on bars. Some of them were really good on uh, evading. Uh, some of them were good at tagging. So you just have to like plan that out ahead and be like, okay, who is good at this point in time of the game? Because again, there's no set order of who goes next for each, ten each, uh, each team. Uh, that team gets to pick out who's chasing, who's evading. So if uh, they choose a, a ch uh, evader out there, and they're like, you see the evaders really fast, we gotta be like, okay, someone's gotta be able to catch that guy and then also last after that. So it's gotta, gotta hunt him down quick, or you, you gotta know we have to tire him out because he's gonna make those evasions. So we gotta save our, our fast guys for like the last. Or is there's definitely strategy within picking your teammates like that. Interesting. So let's say I'm the ultimate athlete. I'm not, but let's say I am. Uh, would I be able to be the uh, chaser and then the evader and then the chaser again once I was uh, once my team was back on the chasing role? Or... Absolutely. So say if you're the chaser and you tag the tag the evader, you switched off and you made an evasion, you get a point. You made a second evasion, you got a point. Then you got tagged. Then you stepped off. Someone else becomes the chaser. Say you got a second wind of breath and your teammate didn't make the tag and that, that evader made a point, you can step on there and be like, all right, I'm back in here again. I can just do this myself. Interesting. And the other guys can just take a break. Because again, you don't have to have everyone compete all in the first match because you want to save your athletes because we have three teams. Uh, we had three compete against three teams in one day. So that's like 16, well, 16 times three matches. Like it's like a lot of matches and you, you don't want to have everyone compete. And if you know, make it to the next day or make it to the next match, it's like, you want to save those athletes for the next matches or it's the team that you know it's really difficult to go against. Yeah. 
jumping in here to say that at this moment, I ask Fernando whether the highlights being posted on YouTube are from recent matches or not. I wasn't able to find anything in those YouTube clips or on the uh, World Chase Tag website about them not being live, but Wikipedia had told me that World Chase Tag USA was already over. So I was a little confused. Here is Fernando's response. So all of the footage you're seeing was recorded back in September. Okay. Um, yeah, and it was, uh, I'm sorry, in October. The shirts say the September, but um, it was all filmed in October. And the uh, the announcers are actually watching this as if it's live TV. So they, they're watching the full edit of just the competition of how it is. So that way it's not um, written out and they can just like write down some things and like, okay, I know what's going to happen. They can interpret it as if it's happening. We have that energy. And then the edits that are coming out on YouTube currently are not are the full matches of what was on TV. So what was on TV was just like the highlights of each of them, each of the team matches. So it wasn't all 16 of the races. It was just the highlights, the tags, the evasions, the oh, oh no moments and shocks like that. With the ones that are coming up on now on YouTube, it's the full 16 matches, the full games. And it's from different angles. There are some moments where it's different angles. So you will see some uh, different highlights or different slow-mos from different perspectives. I've seen uh, almost replays where they're trying to figure out if a tag was in time or not. And it's like from different angles and in slow motion. Uh, yeah, those DTRs down to the reviews. Interesting. So I didn't realize that, or I guess I couldn't tell from how everything was written, that the whole championship has already ended. Yes, correct. Yeah, if you if you watched it, um, it came out in November last, in 2020. Um, was it November? Yeah, November and December it, was, it came out. So you could have watched this already and months ago. Um, but there are some people who didn't have access to that channel or couldn't, you know, couldn't, couldn't see it live, um, or didn't know about it or weren't aware of it, um, who are now seeing it for the first time on YouTube because they're just on YouTube all the time. And then luckily for them, they get to see the entire match all the way, 16 matches full. That's really cool. As previously stated, I've been keeping up with the championship this way as well. Uh, just like Fernando said. I had no idea this was going on when it was actually going on and on TV until I started my research. So if you want to catch how the World Chase Tag USA first season went in real time, visit the YouTube page by searching World Chase Tag. Yeah, uh, weekly, weekly bits at a time, which is kind of, it's kind of nice. It's like waiting for the next episode of your favorite show on TV. Exactly. And it's all on Streaming. demand now. Yeah, exactly. And you can rewatch it and it's all on there. Uh, so going back to how, or to sort of the rules and unwritten rules after every match, I guess, or not full match, but after every uh, round, every mm -hmm. chase, chase, both athletes almost always for, with very few exceptions, will high five each other and congratulate each other. Is that an unwritten rule or is that just because you're all so nice? <laughs> Uh, I, it's an, it's definitely an unwritten rule. Um, I, it's not like UFC or mar, like mixed martial arts like that, where they, you know, they have to, they, they have to go over there and shake the congratulations or uh, I'm, I'm not sure if it's in, in their bylaws at all, but I mean, like, I assume like you see some people beat the crap out of each other and they go hug each other. I was like, <laughs> okay, they know it's for a contest. It's not like I want to kill you. Um, but yeah, with, with world chase tag, it was, it's a tight, you know, a really tight community with parkour athletes and we're all super friendly and, we're just in it for the fun and the competition of it and the chase. And so when someone makes a good tag, you're like, ah, you know, you like, that was a really good tag. You just got me. And it's like, yeah, you hug them up and you dab them up or give them some knuckles. And then there are some times where it is frust frustrating for a, a, an athlete to not make a tag or to get tagged. And they'll, they're either one too far away from them. Like they, the momentum was took them too far away from the quad and they were just like, ah, stepped out of the quad and just kept walking away. There was no time to like knuckle up or anything. Or they were just like too angry or, you know, didn't want to. But yeah, it's very rare where you, you didn't see them give them some kind of uh, high five or contact with them and let them know it was like, oh, it was all fun. Awesome. There's nothing I love better than good sportsmanship. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and also in the rules, the wording foul play is strictly forbidden was in there. What counts as foul play? Hmm. Uh, foul play probably would be like um, trying to tag with uh, something that's not your hand, like your foot 
or your head, like, you know, just deliberately trying to kick your, kick the opponent. Um, foul language. Um, but I mean, I think there was like some people who did, you know, swear out expletives, but just because of the spur of the moment, it wasn't like in the hatred. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So, or like, I don't know if there's anything else, like pulling off a shoe or something, but that's a tag. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think there was anything that exclusive. I think it was just for uh, audience members to be like, oh, okay. It's no foul play. It's like, what, you know, it's, you know, it's a nice, fair play. Awesome. So during the the championship, there were different groups. It's very much like... World Cup? Kind of the World Cup, yeah. That also works, but it has the different groups, like A, B, uh, C, and D. Yeah, and bra- then they, it's, a, yeah. it's a bracket. Like bracketed down. Exactly. They, they, you don't have to play every single team. You just have to be the best in your group and then move on from there. Vague spoiler coming up about the results of World Chase Tag USA. So if you want to follow it pseudo live, skip ahead like 10 seconds. How far did Olo get? Uh, I'll say we made it to the quarterfinals. Nice. Yeah. Is there a plan for Olo to compete in future uh, World Chase Tag USA competitions? If they plan to have it, I think we plan on being there. We definitely had a lot of fun and a lot of uh, knowledge gained from competing in this round, and I feel like we would have a, a really good shot at getting the title on the, on the next season. I mean, a lot of teams would say that probably too because a lot of teams are really fresh on the quad. They've never been on it, but you know, with our team, how it's built up and how it's stacked, I feel like next year if we actually – or whenever they have it, we'll be much more ready for it and prepared. Awesome. Uh, well, good luck when you – Get out there if you're able to. Thank you. How are different teams built in World Chase Tag? Is uh, So Olo was a company that reached out to people or athletes that they sponsored, like uh, you and your team. How did the other teams form? Um, it was more about the uh, like region-based, and you know there are some teams out there who are just parkour teams. Um, you know, Tempest Freerunning is that global brand of uh, the gyms and they were just a free running team and then they sprouted out to free running gyms and then they have the team collective of their coaches and the athletes on there uh there are teams from other parkour gyms like hub ptc which is just a just a gym out in uh new england uh, and then there's uh teams out there that are made up of people from the same state uh athletes who train together but you know they don't have a, a team they just you know created on their own um like a lot of state and region based and then there's company based like the APK is uh, American parkour and they uh, help uh, uh, build the quad on the course. Um, they had two teams. They had APK blue and APK gray. Um, one of them had a, the only female competing in the whole championship, which is really nice. Uh, really fast as well. I mean, and then there's other teams that were just formed from the, I mean, that's all I can say <laughs> right there. Yeah. It's, region based and teams uh states awesome uh speaking of the quad they so in the 12 by 12 square there are a bunch of different uh obstacles and they're all shaped differently and they all have names what is your favorite obstacle to either evade or uh or jump over because you're really good at it (laughs) uh i would say Probably the the tilted cube. Um, there's a it, it's it's just a square and it's got just different bars that are angled, and the way you can use that to your advantage is by staying in one spot and just juking to one side, thinking the athlete's the, your evader is going to go the opposite route of where you're going to be going, and you just use the bars to pull yourself the other way, and you know the way that the bars are angled, you know, there's an opening on one side but not on the other side, so you have to jump over those high bars or you know, dive in between it. Um, and then right afterwards, you have to choice to go, you know, over the, twi- over the sisters, which is double Kong dive Kong or going under or under the mountain or over the mountain. And I liked really going under the mountain with that slide and keep going and kick it back up and then dive Konging over the sisters. I, that was the fastest route for me, as opposed to like simple did double Kong or Kong precision down or quadrupedal moving underneath it. I really felt like the dive Kong was the fastest route for me. Awesome considering there is so much metal all over the place and it's just it's bars there's no real padding except for on the uh on the tops of platforms and on the side of the quad uh not even those are wood those are wood okay 
they yeah with their uh dark colors it's hard to tell yeah it was painted black yeah uh everything was painted black the only padding we had was on your shoes if you had any <laughs> <laughs> by if you had any were some uh athletes competing without shoes uh not without shoes some athletes ha- did have their shoes fall off oh um, yeah if you were an evader and your shoe fell off all the chaser had to do was tag your shoe and that would score them the points or if your hat fell off that same thing they would just tag your hat and they pick your hat up and that would be make the point uh there was a a, a race in our group uh where one of our athletes shoe fell off and he was still able to make the tag wow he had a he had trampoline socks on which if they have yeah. uh, like tra- like that the, the grip underneath so luckily he wasn't able to slip on the socks he was able to keep going <laughs> now that is planning ahead that's having a plan b yeah <laughs> and it also goes to show this is why as a kid you learn to tie your shoes because it's really it could be really important going down the line exactly no one having any injuries happen with all the hard surfaces obviously pro parkour athletes are used to diving over walls and things like that is there uh or in one of the clips that recently came out as we're recording this the the announcer talks about how as you're evading the the chaser really only needs a magnet because of of your three titanium plates and about 20 metal screws how does how do magnets work because titanium is not magnetic (laughs) well there's that too yeah that's a very good point oh man that's there goes my strategy if i ever become a (laughs) a pro tag chaser with obviously what can happen when you're running around on metal and wood uh what's how do you bounce back from an injury or uh get back into being comfortable moving at full speed through these metal objects basically you know there are some athletes here who you know work off adrenaline and uh, there was a team there was an athlete on um, one of the teams who took a nasty fall and his leg immediately bruised up and was like rainbow colored black and blue purple and whatnot green and he was able to like wrap his knee up and able to still compete afterwards, which is astonishing when you look back at the <laughs> footage and the picture of his knee, and it's like, oh, ha, ah, how's he even walking? How's he, what, oh. But, um, you know, for a long, ex- you know, for uh, af- injuries that are extensive, you know, like more severe that aren't just World Chase Tag uh, related, um, it, it, it takes, a, takes a, a strong mind to be able to, to kind of bounce back in sort of way because you know you you're used to moving a lot all the time very uh extensively and then when you just get shut down to just you know you're not able to move a leg or you you injure a back and that's most of your body movement right there or you injure something that's like really inhibits you you have to keep your mind focused and occupied and and strengthen the other parts that are able to move on um and it is kind of humbling when you when you when you're just like ah I don't have to move around or jump around a lot and can just be like kind of stagnant for a month or a week or two just to uh, recover and rehab. And it's, it is a little nice, but then once you are feeling a hundred percent or like 90% or 80% ready to go and you get back to moving, it's just like, Oh, back to freedom. You get to back to just moving around and being the human that you want to be. It's such a nice feeling. I'm sure. And I'm sure that's a huge draw of free running as well. Just, feeling as you said free (laughs) yeah absolutely moving how you want to if you're a sneakerhead go to the original sneaker marketplace ebay to find that pair that you've been eyeing with ebay's authenticity guarantee your sneakers are meticulously inspected by independent professional authenticators they check out the box the logo stitching and dozens of other inspection points and each sneaker also receives an authenticity guarantee tag that includes a digital stamp of authenticity and is customized with the sneakers details authenticity guarantee also protects sellers with a verified return process speaking of selling it's free to sell sneakers of a hundred dollars plus on ebay and thanks to ebay's authenticity guarantee verified returns make the whole transaction worry free With other sites taking up as much as 25%, you're going to have a lot of extra money left for more sneakers. So make sure you check out ebay.com slash sneakers today. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. And speaking of swinging, the MLB is right around the corner. 
BetOnline has real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine, including awards, TV shows, and reality TV. BetOnline also has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and is the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Now, you bring a ton of energy and ferocity in each of your matches from what I've seen. And over the the voiceover, you've been called the Velociraptor, or uh, <laughs> to use the my terrible Australian accent, the Velociraptor. Uh, <laughs> Raptor. How does bringing all this energy uh, affect either the evader that you're capturing, or is that just unconscious? Uh at first it was unconscious um i was just in the moment just surveying the quad uh really quick to evade like planning routes out of just like okay if i go if he goes here i'm gonna move there if he goes there i can move there just real quick spur of the moment with that adhd brain of just like planning it out real quick <laughs> and then of course once that bell once it, once that bell rings you just like focus on attacking um but later on i was having people come at me and they're like dude I, we were just watching watching you from like the corner and seeing your eyes just like look at the quad we're just like dude that's scary <laughs> i was like not, and i was like i didn't even think about that i was just like oh just want to look around the quad and just make sure i have my plan my routes planned out <laughs> and it was just like a big personality trait that came out later awesome uh now i heard that your team uh is all of your athletes on the team are all over the country as 
unlike some of the other teams that you mentioned that are more regional. How does a team like that practice and stay uh, stay together as a team? Social media. Uh, we have the Instagram group uh, group chat where we keep in touch and send clips to each other from like past world chase tag clips or other matches or hey guys we were outside training today doing this stuff um, like that just keeping keeping connected that way and uh, luckily we have uh, myself and Luke Anderson are in the same state so we got to train together uh, our other uh, athletes were in California two other athletes were in California but they were NorCal and SoCal so it's completely ends of this of the, yeah. the state like that so they couldn't compete uh, train together and then the other two were from Texas uh, again similar different regions of Texas but um just coming together you know right at the hotel like as soon as we all got to the hotel we all went to a room and started just watching world chase tech matches together and just planning stuff out and talking about strategy and our pros and cons and doing as much as we can in the moment before it happens awesome uh when you're working out ahead of this to get yourself ready what does that look like what are you focusing on uh i'm pretty quick on my feet um with like fast twitch explosions it was more of training the endurance uh how long can you last because like as soon as you if you make the tag you got at 30 seconds and you're going again so what what we were training was uh just training out either outside or in gyms and just practicing going as soon as you make either you either you make the tag or you don't you're gonna go again you're just gonna keep going for like four or five matches in a row until you're like you you're tired and you gotta stop <laughs> uh, so that was that was a pretty fun of just like just chasing friends around even even if they weren't like <laughs> weren't like well playing tag with us it's like we were at a parkour session in an open gym like hey guys just want to let you know we're going to be uh playing some tag matches in a little bit if anyone wants to join us and practice with us feel free and it's like oh okay cool and then we would just have like one of the athletes and then we're just like all right we're gonna just hunt you down for 20 seconds and stuff like that and then we get the tag and like all right cool who wants to go again it's like someone else will hop in or we just going back and forth like okay okay one more and i gotta stop <laughs> <laughs> nice uh, what does what do you look for in a tag competitor? What are some key uh, either physical attributes or mental attributes? Um, well, physical attributes it's uh, a little tough because there are some end of, uh, other opposite ends of the spectrum that can be both positive and negative. Like if tall athletes can get on top of uh, obstacles a lot easier and can be more fluid on you know high ground. Whereas a smaller athlete is more efficient at diving in between obstacles or through bars or going under, moving around really fast, changing changing trajectories really quick. So it is uh, it is a wide wide spectrum of athletes that can be good for the the sport. But you want athletes that are very very quick on their feet and are endurance 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 training heavily endurance because again you want to have you like the, the name of the game is to score the points to chase tag you want to tag as many you want to get the evasions and you know being able to do high flips and cool tricks is, is cool and all that's great for body awareness which also can relate to the to the course being where your feet are need to be going and stepping in precision onto bars or to the platforms or not stepping on the other athletes if that ever happens um so it's just yeah a, a lot of parkour based athletes are, are really strong for this sport as you know as, as long as they have the endurance for it they, they don't just do the free running lines one and two for a competition run and they're done they have to keep going at it uh what are you pers well i guess i already asked what you're personally focusing on for equipment i noticed that in at least the game show uh ultimate tag you're all wearing mouth guards and you have some uh they look like bulletproof vests because they have the are they abs printed on the front of them yeah yeah they're, they're like those uh the padded padded uh abs and muscle like where your muscles are they have extra padding there one to make it look you strong and two it's like for padding in case you do fall into something or make contact with anything is there uh do you use and then there's cards? also sorry oh uh the only other thing was um they had elbow pads to give us and knee pads because one those are mobility joints and if you hurt one of those it's like that's really crucial to the competition so you don't want to like knock that out and be over with um and same with the mouthpieces like you don't want to have them biting down on the tongue or not being able to talk on the camera for their tv show uh do you yeah, for a world chase tag there yeah. was no no safety precautions that like you you could bring your knee pads if you wanted to but i mean it was just it's parkour athletes aren't too much into like 
mean, you know, you know, uh, gloves or anything like that. But I mean, if you wanted to add that onto your uh, attire, you could. But there was no padding whatsoever. It was athletes on athletes on the course. It's not really part of the culture, I guess. Yeah, because like you want to be able to train and perform at any moment in time. And you're not always going to be wearing a mouth guard at all times. You're not always going to be walking around with elbow pads or knee pads on. You're not going to be always walking around the street, you know, with, with a helmet on, you know, and you're not going to be walking into, you know, so you're not always going to be wearing safety gear at all times. That's how we train. We train whenever, wherever, and whatever we're wearing. So it's just like, that's how you compete. Cool. For shoes, obviously, uh, having the second layer of uh, trampoline shoes or trampoline socks is incredibly useful. But what do you look for in a pair of shoes for uh, for world chase tag or for parkour? Um, looking for uh, a shoe that has one solid bottom that's flat, uh, because there are some other running shoes out there or cross trainer shoes that have the middle groove and groove for your arch. And it's usually not uh, not like rubber or foam. It's kind of like a hard plastic kind of thing. And with parkour and uh, world chase tag, you really want a flat bottom that can uh, grip onto uh, any surface. And if you know if you go step onto a rail, you want to be able to step onto that rail and push off of it. If you step on it with an arch that has a, a plastic grip or some kind of uh, arch support in the middle, it's going to slip off. And you want the most traction as possible to like change directions and be explosive out of your attack and your step off. So you really want that really high level intensity grip. That's not going to let you slip. If you change directions real quick on an athlete that you want to evade from or tag, you, you know, you want to be able to tag that person. If you change directions real quick and you slip, you lose precious seconds and precious uh, meters and away from that athlete. So really high intensity grip that doesn't slip on anything um, and lightweight. So you really feels like nothing's weighing you down either. So when I think of a flat shoe, I think of like a skateboard shoe or a skate shoe, but they're typically pretty heavy. So uh, are there, obviously Olo is a uh, parkour company, but is there a uh, specific like type of shoe that is a parkour shoe or is it more different brands of sneaker? Um, well, I would say parkour uh, shoes and footwear are um, getting more transitioning from like uh, running shoes and like cross training footwear shoes to more uh, streetwear and like skater based kind of style, um, you know, with the attire and whatnot. Because again, it's it's not just functional; it's also fashionable. Um, you want to be able to match and like go with your attire and street style, what kind of wear. Um, but again, with skate shoes, it is very heavy on the bottoms for that support of that that landing. Um, with parkour parkour footwear, you do want to have uh, some padding but you don't want to have uh, too much padding that uh, takes away from your technique. Because if you think about, oh, I just have these pads under my feet, I can land however I want to, your ankle's not gonna be able to take it or your insteps not gonna be able to take it or your knee's gonna be able to take it because you're landing a different way than you should be with proper technique. And if you have uh, minimal uh, padding, then you have more aware of how your foot needs to be landing and how your foot needs to be stepping onto a certain obstacle, i.e. a bar or rail or flat platform. Um, so that's where parkour shoes really help out with overall every sport i believe because it's just high intensity grip for anything you need to step onto lightweight to train onto so you almost forget it you have it on and yeah it's fashionable too so you can really wear it and people don't like oh just nice cool looking footwear cool uh what are your some of your favorite career moments as a parkour teacher and athlete oh my goodness i've been doing this for so long and i took in so many different routes. <laughs> um, you know, uh, traveling to Turkey uh, to host a parkour competition was pretty cool. Traveling to Sweden to compete in a Red Bull Art of Motion on-site qualifiers was really cool. Uh, Sweden or uh, for Air Whip on-site qualifiers, uh, you know, traveling, coaching, uh, coaching at Camp Woodward, just there are hundreds and hundreds of, of athletes and campers that come through there that just have their minds blown and changed and their training habits just reformed because of the a certain key phrases or key things that they didn't know about it. Now they take it to their training for life. And it's just really nice and just humbling to see like that, that thought and that knowledge being passed on to the next generation and just keep moving and just making everyone better. It's yeah. There's a lot of moments out there that I don't know. Like I 
pin it down to just one. Awesome. As a teacher, I totally understand the, the like seeing people improve and seeing all these kids go on to bright futures. It's one of the best feelings ever. Oh, it's so nice. It's like, that's why, why I do it. So nice. You kind of mentioned the, uh, was the World Free Running Parkour Federation part of that trip to Turkey? So unfortunately, we did lose connection here for a second, but the part that was lost was just Fernando saying, yes, they were having the World Parkour Championships over there. And it was with uh, WFPF. It was really cool to see, you know, again, a lot of my friends competing on this giant, you know, couple, couple hundred-year-old mosque. I can't remember. It was like 500-year-old mosque. It was incredible. And just like some landscape and architecture that people thought would never be used for what we're doing on it and we're doing it freely and for a competition is pretty wild awesome so there are huge differences between the wfpf ultimate tag and world chase tag uh is there any other uh big like tag not projects but shows you mentioned a couple of other game shows that are going yeah, on i mentioned a few other uh there was yeah i mean going on currently right now uh i know catch in uh is going on currently right now uh, in germany they're actually releasing new content right uh week but they've been going on since 2017 or 18 i believe um yeah there was a million dollar mile which was in 2019 um they had one season that was nine episodes ultimate tag which is in usa and now uh just got picked up in australia they've already f finished filming over there uh 10 episodes for the one season and then yeah, and then World Chase Tag. Catch has been going on since 2018, yep. Four seasons, 10 episodes each, and they have, their obstacle courses are extravagant and really wild. Uh, it's like a combination of Ultimate Tag and World Chase Tag because it's it's a team-based event, team-based competition, but they have 10 episodes, so it's like they have different competition, different courses and different competition, like tag-based competitions each episode. And it's really wild to see all these different athletes and some athletes who I've known for years. And I'm like, oh my goodness, they're on this show. That's so cool. And it's like, they're also on World Chase Tag in like, you know, three or four years ago. It's like all these different tag athletes on different tag shows. And it's like, geez, I didn't know that existed five, like a month ago. And that's been going on for multiple years. That's so crazy. Yeah. I think it's amazing that as we talked about, tag is probably the most well-known game in the world. And yet to consider it still kind of a niche sport with how few uh like professional tag things are going on it's so cool to see all these new shows uh focusing on tag yeah yeah it is it is kind of wild it being the most one of the longest longest known sports out there and it, it's like maybe it's like the our, our uh, society being like running out of sports and they're like well let's go back to the, the very first thing that we've ever done is just like quick don't touch me and i'll tag you, you know? <laughs> <laughs> let's make a profit off that we have, don't need equipment too much you know just make the courses get the athletes and go yeah i i love seeing stuff like this uh what would you say to someone considering learning parkour or free running or someone who might be interested in keeping up with the sport of tag uh, I would say uh, keep watching the YouTube clip because they're going to be rolling out all the way up through May. Uh, so it's going to be it's going to be a long journey if you're watching it through YouTube. Um, but if you wanted to uh, stay up on anything else like that, I would say yeah, follow the uh, World Chase tag on Instagram because they always uh, announce when they're going to be doing future projects or uh, other competitions or when it's going to be airing and things like that. Uh, check in with your local uh, parkour gym. Uh, I know. A lot of the gyms out there are either starting to build like quad-like uh, structures and trying to get things down like that because they're seeing it as a another niche explosion kind of ninja warrior kind of thing where they ninja warrior gyms weren't a thing and then once it kind of blew up with audiences they're like oh we can build gyms and stuff like that so I wouldn't be surprised if you wouldn't see uh, just world chase like world chase tag gyms uh, sprouting out every now and then around the country um, so it might be on the lookout for that it's a uh, it's it's a wild thing to keep up with. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, what do you think is the future of the sport of tag? I honestly, I think this could be an Olympic event because of this is not something that's, uh, I would say, structure based. Because like other like gymnastics, say there's like different techniques and different 
forms if you don't have your toes pointed you lose deduction on points or stuff like that it is more of a a race battle like track and field there is a definitive winner um and like next spot there's not like oh there's judgment calls where it's like oh uh this this person did a technique that wasn't you know structured this way or, or used the apparatus this different way it's like there's a definitive touch or evade and it's like that is a definitive moment of you you don't need too many judges you just like that's it and athletes around the world can just sprout out for this and compete at a high level for their country and i, I can't imagine if this made it to the olympics because the u.s team would be heavily stacked <laughs> oh i'm sure with all of the different people that i've seen i mean how would you even choose that team if you couldn't bring everybody oh my goodness I think it would be it would be similar to this being having a, a U.S. championship, and then like taking the athletes who have like the best statistics in like all the different rounds, the different um, categories, like from almost like the best from each team, sort of speak, but like the best of the championship, and make a team around that. Because again, all our, all of these athletes are really um, you know. Tight, tight knit group you know again you see all the people hugging each other after each match and some of them we've never met before you know and it's like we can be definitely connected uh as a team really fast through this sport and yeah it would be it'd be really fun to see well if that's a possibility level. if we can get tagged to be an olympic sport i am very much here for it although I would definitely like to see it elsewhere too, because like uh, the Olympics are only once every four years. Yeah. So you definitely don't want to see it more than that. <laughs> well, we could always have it in the Winter Olympics as well in Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that could be it. So what's go. what's up in the future for you? What do you have uh, coming up? Uh, coming up, we have some uh, some projects with the uh, WPF that are in the works right now but again but with uh all these restrictions around the the pandemic and whatnot we'll have to see what the, the future holds in the the near future but because we have we do have some big things planning up that are in the works um but with everything else i have uh i have a plans to go back to Wo uh woodward camp in pennsylvania uh they had uh kind of a half capacity last summer because of the pandemic but they were still open but sadly one of uh the programs that were canceled that year were uh, was parkour, but um, with they're bringing it back. Supposedly they're bringing it back this summer, so I do have plans on going back there for a three month period um, that I usually do. With, but with Luke Anderson, another world chase tag athlete of, uh, that was on my team. Nice. Uh, yeah. So that's the that's the biggest thing coming up as, as so far uh, in the future. Um, might have being might have some. Uh, uh, tag clinics here in uh, in Arizona. There's a, a gym out in Mesa, Arizona that might be having a, a in-house competition, a tag competition there. So I might be doing a few seminars there for the teams. But um, yeah, otherwise I'm just staying busy, staying active and healthy here, uh, training outside it every once in a while, and uh, keep on keeping on. Nice. Uh, where could listeners find you online? Online, you can find me on Instagram at Fernando underscore RC, A-R-C-E. Um, you can find my, all of my stuff there. I post World Chase Tag clips. I post gym clips from inside. I post outdoor training clips. I post uh, stuff that's not even parkour-based. Um, I'm getting more into uh, voice recording and voice impressionists, so I'll be putting out some more of those uh, later on. Um, yeah, Instagram is right there. YouTube, you can find me on YouTube, Fernando RC. And usually just type in parkour afterwards. You can find me right there. Um, yeah, that's about it. And I guess for one last question, do you have any tips for anyone at home or on the playground looking to up their tag game? Oof. Uh, practice makes habit. You got to just keep on practicing and, and play through it because the more you do it, the better you become at it. And if you're not a quick person, you just have to train yourself to be on your quick on your toes and be a really fast and agile athlete um yeah it's fight or flight you gotta be in the moment awesome well thank you so much again for joining me here fernando rc it's been a real pleasure 
yeah thanks for having me tommy it's been been good to be on uh, the ocho <laughs> thank you and good luck with all of your future plans i hope that woodward does indeed have uh have the parkour camp this year thanks so much i'm looking forward to it again a huge thanks to fernando rc for joining me and talking all things tag i reached out to him on instagram and he responded within a couple hours and we had the interview scheduled like a day or two later so that was incredibly convenient for me as always if you have a niche sport or an athlete you think i should reach out to for a future episode shoot me a dm at butler on the air online it would also help the podcast out a ton if you subscribed wherever you get your podcasts and left a review. Each review helps get the show in new ears, and I would greatly appreciate the help. Until next time, I'm Tommy Butler, and you've been listening to The Ocho. Have you ever wondered how to say good morning in Italian? Or what is goodbye in French? You can ask Alexa. Just say, what is happy birthday in German? Or how do you say hello in Japanese? Do you want to know how to say I love you in Spanish? Ask Alexa and start learning a new language today.